Hello everybody, welcome along again to another edition of the Profit Podcast. Welcome back, we are going to be covering a topic today that hopefully you get a lot of value from. It's just myself today, I'm your host Paul Campy. if you've never tuned in before. Um, my co-host Matt Robinson is not with me today. We are doing a couple of solo episodes and then getting back together on the next one. Today, I wanted to cover something that I think is important and I don't think we've covered in the past. I think we've done it in dribs and drabs on this um, on different episodes, but never really broken down. What are the advantages and what are the disadvantages of certain environments that a PT can enter into? Uh, we always make it pretty clear that Matt and I work with coaches who are fairly new in their PT careers, but not exclusively. A lot of people who then end up going on to do a lot of other things. And um, there's there's certain environments that, as a new trainer coming into the industry and also making decisions later on in your journey, you can decide to go into. So we thought it was important to to look at each each environment and point out what the uh, what the advantages are and what maybe the potential dangers are of each one as well. But rather than go through each one piece by piece, because I think it'll be a bit of a boring list, I'm going to talk about key areas, four key areas to look out for when you're picking the environment you want to go into, right? So this is for you. If you're a PT who's brand new, looking to enter the industry and not sure how to do it, or you're maybe a PT that's been in the industry for a while and you're looking for a change, but you're kind of umming and ahhing about making that change, here's four key areas to think about when you're going into it. All right, let's get into it. So area number one, right? Cost and expense, it does matter. I know that it shouldn't be the, the driving factor, but it's definitely something to consider that how much is this going to cost you as a business owner? Now, something like your own facility, which let's be honest, I've coached hundreds, if not thousands of PTs over the years, right? And all of them at some point have said to me, Paul, I want to own my own facility. And that's great. That's cool. However, I would suggest this isn't for everybody. Number one, because it it comes with a massive expense. It comes with huge expense. Um, it's the most risky. It's potentially the one where a lot of people won't understand the cost and understand the expense of it. Not to say you shouldn't do it, but it does come with a high risk, a high financial cost, and potentially a lot of unknown as well. So if you are a PT thinking about doing your own facility, what I would say is get some help, get some mentorship, get some advice from somebody who's done it before. I'm going to stress that again. Get some advice from someone who has done it before. I'm in a gym business right now. We've done it. Um, we sought out, no matter how much experience we had, we sought out a lot of advice from people who had done it before and looked at the business model and looked at the potential costs and looked at the potential hidden costs that we hadn't seen. So... Yes, owning your own facility can be awesome. I think one of the biggest risks is cost and expense. Then what about a commercial gym? So what are the costs and expenses involved in that? It can potentially be fairly expensive. It depended on what the gym rent is. So if you go to a commercial site, the rents are going to vary. You know, you hear anything from £300 a month, even free rent, um, in exchange for work for the gym, right up to 
a thousand pounds a month. I mean, when we were in our peak, we were in commercial facilities and we were charging eleven hundred pounds rent per month per trainer, and that did include, by the way, lots of education, lots of mentoring, lots of other tools in there. But rents can vary massively in commercial gyms. So, what I would look for there is potentially it's less risky. What are you willing to do to get the business off the ground? What can you afford? Is there a build-up process to that expense as well? So is it a case of you come in month one and you pay 25% of the rent, month two you pay 50% of the rent, month three you pay 100% of the rent? So is there a step-up process to coming into the commercial site? But overall, there's going to be some kind of cost, probably less risky. Look around for the right type of um, demographic for your business as well, which I'll come into in a second, but... Commercial gyms will carry a cost, but potentially less risky. Probably the cheapest version of getting started in the industry would be something like a boot camp business or online or a home setup of some sort. So maybe a home studio or something like that. There may be some initial setup costs in getting some kit, getting some bits and pieces together, but ongoing costs of having those three options are going to be fairly minimal. If it's a boot camp, you might have to buy some kit to talk to the local council, you might have to set up some relationships to make sure you can run it. Same with a home gym, you might have to buy some kit, you might have to check that you're all working within certain parameters and just double check that you can use your home as a, a working environment. Online, maybe it's a case of getting some new tech, bigger monitor, camera, better sound, better microphone. But once those initial costs are done, it's going to be pretty cheap to run. So cost-wise, this is definitely the cheapest version of the three, all right? So highest risk, highest cost, definitely your own facility. Commercial, next one down, there's going to be some risk involved, but generally a bit more manageable. And then home training, boot camp online, 100% the cheapest version, maybe some upfront cost involved. So cost is going to come into it. Second area, something else to consider. We have to apologize. I do have a cold. So if I sniff on this podcast, I do say sorry. Um, footfall and audience size. This is something that if you're a brand new PT listening to this, I would say that this part of your, your decision-making is critical. So your footfall and your audience size is going to play a massive part. The top one in this, I would say, is commercial gym. So if you're brand new in the industry, one of the best places you can start is a commercial gym. It's the best in terms of the audience size and also the willingness of people to invest. Now, I think there's layers within this as well now because we never, back in my day when I started personal training, there was no such thing as the 24-hour gym. There was no such thing as the £20 a month gym. All commercial gym sites were somewhere in the region of 40 to 80 to £100 a month for your membership. Now, with that becomes a certain clientele that want to invest in their fitness. If it's someone who's paying £20 a month, no disrespect whatsoever, but that might not be the best environment to go in to be a personal trainer. Think of the clientele that are going to be going into those spaces and what they'll be willing to invest in their health and fitness. And um, again, uh, this is not to say this is everybody, but sometimes people going into a budget gym are genuinely not thinking about hiring a personal trainer. It might not be something that's on their agenda. So do consider that commercial gym spaces, yes, they can have massive footfall, but have they got the right type of footfall as well? 
Um, online business, biggest audience by miles. So this will have the largest opportunity in terms of the amount of people to reach out to. Also, that is probably one of the most flooded spaces of all at the minute. So very difficult to stand out unless you were first in that in that sector, unless you were one of the first people to start doing online training, the chances are it's going to be quite hard to stand out. So not not to put people off again here, but thinking about what makes you different from everybody else and where is your audience and how are you going to get in front of that audience and create connections. Massive. There's a massive opportunity and a lot of that is untapped as well. So there's a huge positive in that. There's a lot of the market is massively untapped. So can you get in front of the types of people you want to attract and can you get a piece of that market? There's a big opportunity there. Other options, um, things like owning your own space or having a home studio. And I think this is one of the biggest factors when people do this and make a decision to do their own facility or their own home studio is they neglect that the footfall is zero. You're going to have to generate that yourself. So if you own your own gym or you own your own studio space at home and you want to generate new clients, you're going to have to invest in marketing. You're going to have to put a lot of time and effort into your marketing versus something like a commercial space where the market is already there. And even an online space where the market is already there, you can grow it organically by just posting regularly, making sure that you're active online, making sure that you're interacting with people online. If you have your own gym space, your own facility, your own studio at home, you're going to have to put a lot of time, energy and effort into generating the market. I think this is massively neglected when people think about doing their own space. And I've seen many a gym owner and many a personal training studio owner six months down the line sat there twiddling their thumbs waiting for clients to come. If you build it, people will not come. You have to generate that interest. You have to drum it up and you have to go out there and make inroads to get people excited about what you're doing. So just bear that in mind. The third big area to look at would be, and I'm going to caveat this because sometimes this this is down to the particular type of person. And when I was making the notes for this, I did add a few things to the end about, well, I titled the other parts, other factors, which I'll come on to. But the third piece is opportunity to grow, opportunity to scale. Some people are driven by that. Some people are just driven by getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Over my 20-year career, I've met a lot of personal trainers that do a fantastic job, that have a wonderful business, have built a fantastic lifestyle business and have no desire to get any bigger than that. And that's okay too. We've mentioned that on the podcast before. So opportunity to grow and scale depends what type of person you are. But let's look at the different areas and, and what might be achievable in each one. So in my opinion, biggest ones and, and Matt's opinion as well, biggest areas that you can grow and scale, your own facility, your own gym, not just within that space itself, but maybe the potential then of opening several spaces. So myself, I'm involved in Profit Gyms and we've just opened our second space and that is not the end of the journey. We will definitely be looking to open more after that. So we have a plan for growing and scaling beyond our first site. 
uh, online, huge opportunity to grow and scale. So obviously the more members, more the bigger the audience, the more people you can reach. And that is only limited by the number of people that engage with your content. So online, huge opportunity to grow and scale. Those two things come with, again, the added um, workload of marketing. The marketing side becomes a huge part of your business. So number one, you better be educated in it. You better be um, excited about it. And number two, you better be prepared to put the time in. If it's not you doing it, you better be prepared to hire someone who's going to put the time in. So it isn't just going to do itself. You have to do a lot of work on the marketing side. Commercial gyms, you may be somewhat limited here in terms of your growth. So once you hit a capacity of, and the typical journey is a coach would come in and get full of one-to-one clients initially, and that would be their limit. They might reach 20, 30 sessions a week, and and that's their cap in terms of one-to-one clients. They would then move to something like semi-private training. So rather than one person per hour, let's get two in per hour. Once you start to hit two, three in a session per hour in a commercial space, it can become a bit tricky because you're not just dealing with your clients. You're dealing with the other members, and you're dealing with the kit that the other members are using. So there is a little bit of a limiting factor. I've coached many PTs to do it in commercial spaces. It's 100% possible. It's just something to bear in mind that there may be a bit of a cap once you start reaching a limit with your numbers in commercial spaces um, and what rules and restrictions they might have within the facility as well. Probably the most limited setup, Matt and I would say, would be your home setup. If you're working out of a studio and you've got a relatively small space, you're probably going to be fairly limited in terms of the numbers that you can get in there. So likelihood is you're going to be doing more one-on-one. However, some some benefits to that, you work from home, your studio, your gym setup is um, your space. You control the environment. You're probably not traveling very much. Um, you can give that wraparound attention to the client in there because there's nobody getting in the way. So there's, there's a lot of positives to that in different ways, and that might be the more intimate setting that a lot of coaches are looking for and that they really, really enjoy. But in terms of scalability, probably the most limited. All right, last section, number four. What about experience? What about how much experience you need? So again, the majority of people who are our listeners, they're newer or new, brand new PTs in the industry. So if you are limited on your experience, I would say the best option for most people coming into it would be a, a commercial gym site of some sort. This allows you to learn on the job. It allows you to go into a, a gym site that's already established with an already established client base or a member base that is interested in personal training and make mistakes and learn on the job. And If you lose a client or two, which you are going to in your first six months, it's not the end of the world. There is always a lot more people out there in the space that you work in that will be willing to have a look at PT. So you can learn very quickly and very comfortably, I guess is the word, in a commercial gym space. So I would say if your experience level is low, look to a commercial space to get started and go from there. Other options, online, I'm of the belief, and and I know Matt is as well, that you should probably be a fairly experienced personal trainer before you start thinking about launching an online product. Now, 
how long is a piece of string in terms of how long you should have been personal training or how long your experience should be. But if you've been personal training for at least a couple of years, you're getting proven results with your clients. You have a proven system for doing that. You have a step-by-step process for how you work with clients. You have a model for that. And your customer service is good. Your communication skills are good. Then by all means, start to look at an online package and start to look at another way you can serve more people who maybe aren't in your postcode. If you're brand new, building an online business and building connections with people and relationships and having some kind of process will be very, very hard work. It's not to say it can't be done, but it will be a very steep learning curve if you are lacking in experience of being a personal trainer and actually putting the hours in with people. You will find it tough and you will continuously question yourself Um, it can be done. It's a steep learning curve, but I would always recommend to people get some experience in the gym first, work with people, try and do at least a year, preferably two or three, and then think about launching an online business. Two or three years in the, the context of your career is the blink of an eye. It's nothing at all. If you're a 20 year old, you're coming into the industry and you start getting started by the time you're 23, if you have enough experience to be launching an online program, it's the blink of an eye. Okay. And then probably the most experience required is the gym. If you're going to launch a gym site, you definitely need experience of being a personal trainer, proven model of getting people results. And also I would say a proven model of marketing and a marketing sales funnel that will guarantee that you're going to bring people in. Remember what I mentioned about footfall? You're going to be distinctly lacking in footfall by the time you open your facility. So you're going to need to be generating that on a consistent basis. All right. And then it comes to the section that I added in, which I would term as other factors. So other things that we need to take into account would be personality type. All the things I've mentioned above will be underpinned by who you are, what you like to do, what strengths you have, what weaknesses you have, Things that fit into your personality type and things that make you happy. Uh, I've seen many a person think that they should own a gym or should build an online business, but it just doesn't fit who they are. The work, they actually hate it. They really don't enjoy it. And I would argue that that's one of the most important things in all this equation is who are you? What do you like to do? How do you like to work? What lights you up every day? So if you've not done this before, really dig into it. Go and do some psychometric profiling on yourself. Go and look at some personality profiling and how you love to work and and think about the life you want to build before you start getting sucked into things that really don't interest you. They just look cool and they look a little bit shiny object syndrome. So think about who you are and what lights you up and what things fit with your style. And you can always do well at those things. Um, the second thing on my other factors list was your ability to lead and build a team. If you're going to open something like a facility or potentially do a a scalable online product, chances are you're going to have to lead and you're going to have to build a team. If you're not skilled in that, again, this is not to say don't do it, but it is going to become a limiting factor at some point and you are going to have to skill up on that side of things. So you are going to have to learn how to lead people. You are going to have to think about hiring the right types of people and building a team 
building a support network that's going to back up what you do because you aren't going to be able to do everything. So if you don't, again, this comes back to personality types, but if you don't like working within a team or you don't like working with other people, don't open your own gym site because it's just going to end up as you. And that's something that, you know, I've seen happen a few times. So make sure that you understand that if you're going to build some kind of scalable business, you're going to need to lead and you're going to need to build a team. Other areas that I noted down just to, to finish off today, your strategies for dealing with stress and where you are in your life. So all the things I mentioned above come with some element of risk. Some of it's low risk, some of it's very high risk. And that it, which one you pick could depend on where you are in your life, what other things you've got going on. Do you have children? Do you have a partner? Do you have time? Do you have other commitments? Um, and also, how you deal with stress. So as I've got older and hopefully wiser, you understand a little bit more about how you become stressed, you become more aware of it, and what your strategies are for dealing with stress and, and how to cope with that. And um, I think some of that comes with experience. And sometimes it's not the right time to take on certain challenges. That being said, when I was in my 20s, I took on a lot of things and it taught me a lot. So, you know, that's just a little a little side note to put in there that think about how you deal with stress. Think about where you are in your life. Think about the strategies that you've currently got to deal with stress. Because any one of the previous things I mentioned is going to come with an element of risk and you are likely going to experience some stress. Right, guys, I'm going to sign off today on that one. I hope that has helped. I hope it gives you some insight into the different environments that you can think about being a PT in. If you're a brand new person coming into our industry, brilliant. Just consider where's best for you to be positioned initially. If you've been here for a few years or one or two years, and you're thinking of moving into something else, I hope that gives you some information to make a positive decision about your next move. All right, until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you next week on the Profit Podcast. Your feedback and questions help us shape the future of this show. So if you enjoy the show and want it to continue, why not be part of its creation by giving us some help, support, and ideas? If you've enjoyed the show so far or just this particular episode, then please feel free to head over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to leave us a rating and review. And as always, we want you to tune in next time. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And we will catch you again very soon in our latest ProFit podcast episode. Take care and we will see you very shortly. The Pro-Fit.